Welcome back, everyone, to another congratulatory episode of Studio 603. Yes. I'm here in Richmond. Uh, Sam, the other half of my heart, is in Canada. But we are continuing with the interview series, and I have the great privilege of uh, being here with my very, very dear friend, Sarah. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself, Sarah, to the Studio 603 listeners? Um, sure. I think probably most of them know who I am, but not all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my name is Sarah. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Richmond for nine years. I lived with Matt for three and a half years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three? Yeah, three and a half. Um, you have, what, what color is your hair right now, Sarah? Purpley pink. Mm. It's fading. Mm, mm. Sick, sick fades. (laughs) Only sick fades. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I, I've known Sarah for, I don't know, at least five years, the better part of a decade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've known you for like, I remember meeting you at Great Lakes Bible School, like, when I was, like, before I moved here, so. Mm, mm, okay, so, so we, we go, we go back. We roll deep, Sarah and I, and also, um, Pepper is on the couch, too. Yeah, Pepper's here. Uh, Sarah's faithful companion, Steed. Um, <laughs> Pepper's from Puerto Rico. Pepper, do you have anything to say? No, Pepper doesn't have anything to say. Pepper's very content. But uh, I'm really excited for this episode because this episode is very uh, appropriate for the holiday season because Sarah is a midwife. And what better way to celebrate the birth of of Jesus than to sit down with somebody who delivers babies. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way. (laughs) (laughs) No better way. Uh. So, so Sarah was, she, she got her degree as a nurse. She was a nurse for some time. She still is a nurse technically, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then she's always kind of had this calling to go and become a midwife for some reason, like Ireland comes to mind when I think of midwife. Why? Why is that? Or some? Did you? Were you called while you were no. abroad, or was there like an Irish? No. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, I'll cut that part out. <laughs> so, anyways, Sarah. You just think you've called the midwife the show? <laughs> is that does that take place in Ireland? No, it's in England. Oh, okay, maybe that's it. Call the midwife. <laughs> um, so Sarah, Sarah, in the last. Yep. Yes. Please do. What am I doing here? You're here. Here. You tell a story about your own life. Okay. Um, so when I, so I guess the story of how I ended up wanting to become a midwife and becoming a midwife starts at my own birth. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, my mom, I'm her first child and she had me at home 
with a midwife mm. in upstate New York. So I was always, I've always known that midwifery and home birth existed as a thing, which is probably not the norm. Um, when I was in um, high school, in my AP English class my senior year, I had to write a research paper about something. And I decided to research home birth and midwifery. And it was like the biggest paper we wrote all year. It was like 18 pages or something. I don't know. It was a long paper. And um, by the time I finished that, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to be a midwife. Like, that's the plan. <laughs> um, and I'd already applied. It was I wrote it in the spring, and I'd already applied to all the colleges that I was going to uh, that I could, I'd already applied to all those colleges and, um, only one of them had a nursing program and there are a few different ways to become a midwife, but the one that's the most like popular and definitely the most like widely accepted and gives you the most options for a career is, um, getting a bachelor's degree in nursing and then getting a master's degree in midwifery. So, I went to the only college that had the nursing program, so I got the bachelor's degree. I ended up liking nursing a lot more than I thought I would, so I worked mm-hmm. so I worked as a nurse. Um, and then it's one of those things where you just you start doing something and there's just momentum to keep doing it. So I worked for a nurse for like 10 years, worked as a nurse for like 10 years. Um, and then I mm-hmm. went back to midwifery school because um, I really hated my job. <laughs> Um, I really like it's one of the moments I really like I think is like the biggest God moment I can think of in my life Mm. Um, because it really feels like he just kept making my job like harder and harder and more stressful Mm. um, to the point where I quit Um, the, the straw that broke this is like kind of an aside but the straw that Mm. broke the camel's back was they'd started asking us to do home visits which just in addition to the already like full-time job that I had and we I was a case manager and we covered we worked over the phone and covered the entire state so it was like I'm gonna have to do like an insane amount of driving it's just gonna take like a crazy amount of time um, they added that to our job. And then, um, in the time between when I quit and when I finished my job, they dropped that requirement for my job. Mm. So I really felt mm. like that was just for me. <laughs> you, you were getting, uh, edged out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, so then I quit my job. I went to India to volunteer for three months, um, and applied for, um, uh, the midwifery program at Frontier Nursing University, and I got in, and then I started when I got back from India. And I finished my degree in September this year. Yes, applause, applause <laughs> emojis, yeah, showering down upon you. Yep, and then I passed my board's exam, which is the licensing exam you have to take on December third. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes, raise your glasses, Whew. y'all. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Congrats. Thanks, yeah. Now I just have to find a job. Yeah. Which is important. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I was living with Sarah when she started her midwifery program, and she was always talking about birth before she started her midwifery program, but after she started her midwifery program, 
I learned more about the female body and how babies come into this world than I ever thought I could know or even wanted to wanted to know. Uh, I mean, like V-backs and epidurals, episiotomies. Like, I feel very... Um, Educated. Comp- competent, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, wow, I, yeah. It's invaluable information that you now mm, have. Mm. <laughs> uh, so being the, the Christmas season, can you just, I'm going to throw a question in your court and you can answer it how you want. Tell us why birth is miraculous. Okay. <laughs> um, I can tell you some of the things I find the most amazing about mm, birth. That works. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that is really amazing is that they don't totally understand how, like, how a baby forms. Like, they know there's hormones involved, and they know the hormones that are involved, but it's still, like, they don't fully understand it even now, which is amazing. There's just a bun in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> a baby bun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. My favorite thing um, to talk about that's related to this isn't exactly, it's not like pregnancy and it's not like directly birth related, but um, I just think it's this beautiful like system. Um, so one of the instincts that, babies are born with they have a bunch of like reflexes and instincts that they're born with but one of the reflexes is the step reflex so if you hold a tiny baby up they um and you touch their feet to the floor they'll take steps like um and they can't Mm. they can't support themselves or anything but they'll like they have that instinct to like move their feet um so um, ideally what happens after a baby's born is that the baby is put right on their mom's like belly, given right to the mom. Mm. Um, and, uh, if it's been an unmedicated birth, um, and all the hormones and bonding is working the way it's supposed to, um, that baby will start to root around to try to breastfeed like really mm. immediately. And, um, they'll do this thing called the breast crawl, which is like you can look it up online. And basically, using that step reflex, they'll um, like essentially crawl around on their mom until they find their breast so they can breastfeed. And the thing that like that's really like kind mm-hmm. of a cool trick. But the thing that's amazing about it is that um, so a big thing that can happen after birth, which is can be really dangerous for a mom, is like bleeding, obviously. Mm. Um, so when a baby is doing that breast crawl, essentially she's massaging her mom's uterus, which is a thing like I do as a midwife. Um, you'll massage a woman's uterus from the outside to make sure that it's contracted down to minimize bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so a baby is essentially doing that massaging huh. to help their mom's uterus contract down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then... When the baby starts breastfeeding, um, it the hormones that are released in breastfeeding, oxytocin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also causes contractions of the uterus, helps it contract down. So huh. it's this beautiful system. Like symbiotic. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. And then obviously it's good for a baby to start sucking. Um, and being that close to their mom helps them regulate their body temperature. So I always think about like even, so like say a mom was giving birth like in the wilderness, you know, like hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago and was by herself. And even if something went wrong, like that baby would still be helping its mom. Mm. Mm. Isn't that amazing? That's so, that's so incredible. <laughs> Oh, I just thought they like danced, like little babies dance, but that has a purpose. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just like a party trick. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, man. It's amazing. uh, Huh. And uh, one terminology that I still don't think they've found the right word, I think it's kind of funny, is that midwives catch babies. Yeah. You... That's the word yeah. we usually use, yeah, catch. And so, and how, how many babies have you, have you caught to date? 46. Oh. Yeah. Is, is there one, <laughs> is there one um, catching? That's not right. I don't know. One catch? One, one, is there one catch that, that, that sticks out to you as particularly, like, meaningful or, uh, like, sticks out to you in your mind? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, well, so one thing, the reason we call it catch it, like catching the baby, mm. is um, that most midwives prefer that term to deliver a baby because mm. it puts the, it places the the healthcare provider and the mom in their, what I would call like appropriate roles that um, the mom's the one who's giving birth and the provider is there to sort of protect that space, make sure everything's okay, but she's not doing the work. Like, the midwife is not doing the work. The mom's doing the work. Oh, yes. Versus, oh. A do- like, a doctor saying, like, they'll, they'll say things like, um, I'm going to go deliver mm. 47, like, room 47. Mm. So, like, the doctor's going to go in there and do it. Mm. No, the mom's doing it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Sarah just, like, shook her head a little bit and, like, put her <laughs> finger down. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I'm going to raise, um, they, they'll say like, um, they tend to use the word like catch or like birth, like I'm going to a birth or, you know, I've mm. been to 46 births, not like I've delivered 46 babies. Mm. Cause it's the mama that did it. Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> Preach. Um, but, uh, yeah, there've been some really, um, the first one I went to, the first baby I caught, that's like a birth I'm going to remember forever, um, I think. Um, and just like the mom's face, mm. she was just shocked mm. that her baby had been born. And she was just looking, She, like I just remember looking at her face and she was looking at all, like her husband and the nurse and me and the mm. midwife I was with, just like trying to understand what was happening. Mm. And I just remember saying, like, look what you did. Like, you mm. gave like you gave birth. This is your baby. <laughs> you know, trying to, like, help her, like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, yeah. help her, like, figure out what was Real, going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was teared right up also, <laughs> mm. um, which is amazing. Mm. But um, I was at my um, catch 45 for me was Justin Levi's baby Pippa. Mm. Which is amazing. 
Because I, I remember thinking right around then that, like, so I've been at 46 births, and I, I've already forgotten some of them. Like, I don't remember, like, details about them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to remember that birth forever, no matter how many babies I catch. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty special. Little angel of light. Yeah. Jess was amazing, too. She was, like, she just, as she approaches everything in life, it was just like, <laughs> this is the task I need to do. This is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> No uh, faffing about, just mm. getting down to the business <laughs> of birth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's nothing like being the person who hands um, a baby to their parents. Mm. Especially their first baby. <laughs> Sa- Sarah has a little sparkle in her eye right now, as she, as she just said that. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. I mean, Yeah. And that was really special, too, because I wasn't... She gave birth at a birth center outside L.A., and we'd, like, asked if I could um, catch the baby. And I figured she'd at least let me do some of it because, like, midwives will let... um, will have, you know, like, family members who are not medical professionals at all help catch Mm. babies. Mm. Um, So I knew they'd let me do that, but they let me do the entire thing by myself. The midwife was just sitting um, at the end of the tub. Um, and so she was just there talking to Jess, and I got to do the whole thing by myself. All she did was ask me, she was like, do you want gloves <laughs> <laughs> or not? <laughs> Catcher's mitt. <laughs> How do you think being a midwife has impacted your spirituality? Um, well, hmm. I think that, that example that I shared about breastfeeding and like Mm -hmm. the way that works, I do really think that that's, um, like that's such a, like an example of a creator, like a per, Mm -hmm. it's a perfect system that works together. Um, so I do think about that a lot that, um, I thought about how I should write a class about um, sort of like um, the like that perfection, the way God mm. created pregnancy and birth to happen. But um, so I do. I think about that a lot, um, and I also think um, like not always, but birth can be an incredibly spiritual experience. Like there's a life transition that's happening, you know, a baby taking its first breaths and Mm. stuff. Um, and it's not like, it's not a scientific, um, thing. There's not a lot of logic (laughs) there. Mm. And also, um, like if you want, um, a mom really has to get out of her like thinking head to have a baby, she really has to be kind of um, operating on a more instinctive, mm. like spiritual, not not logical level. Because mm. um, re- really, you want them to, like people talk about it like they need to be in their like like mammalian reptile brain, you know, or like mm. like one of the two. But it's like like most women, if they have the choice, will go will labor in the dark in like a small space. Huh. Where they feel like safe and protected. Huh. Most women go into labor, um, like hard labor at night. 
Yeah. Huh. So it's not like, uh, it's not science, it's not logic. It's a different thing that we have no control over, you know, when a woman's going to go into labor. Mm. Which Mm. is not, um, there's not a lot of that in the world these days. Mm. Uh, So thinking about Jesus. Yes. Uh, so like you have all this knowledge and experience around delivering babies. And when you think about Mary delivering Jesus, like what insights do you have about that story that the average reader or listener wouldn't have because they don't have this volume of experience delivering babies? Like what, like, I mean, for me, it's like, they were on the road, they went into a barn, and there was hay, and, you know, some people showed up to check out what happened. Like, it's not a very exciting story, <laughs> but I'm just curious if you have, like, a little, like, little, like, Christmas sprinkle magic to add to the story uh, based on what you know. I haven't thought about that specifically very much. But I guess, you know, like I was just saying that people will labor in enclosed spaces. Mm. So that kind of makes sense. Like if it was a barn or like some people say it was like a cave, mm. that that would be like ideal in some ways that it's like dark and small, mm. you know, um, for, a, for a woman. But you do have to wonder if she was like how scared she was to be by herself with her husband. And was Joseph useful? <laughs> yeah, like, that's just it. Like, I'm thinking, did Joseph catch? Or... I mean, probably. Or it was either him or Mary. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Based on the record, the biblical <laughs> record. There's yeah. no record of a midwife. I do like the midwives that are mentioned in the Bible, though. Really? Yeah. The midwives of Egypt. <laughs> mm. Mm. They didn't pay attention to Pharaoh. Mm. And uh, kept catching those Israeli babies. Mm. I guess they were Hebrew babies. Mm. But, huh. Yeah. So, I don't have any kids. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, ho- like, I hope to have kids one day. And I guess, like, what is your, like, what is your expert opinion on, like, what, what is the best thing that, like, a partner or a like father can be doing like while their lady is in labor in labor. Yeah. Give, give me a few like pro tips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think I really would say like go to, um, it depends on the kind of birth that, um, actually, no, I don't think it depends on it. I was going to say it depends on what kind of birth, um, like a mom wants to have, like if her goal is to have unmedicated childbirth um, or to have an epidural. Um, but I actually don't think it matters. Go to childbirth education classes mm. together. Mm. Um, because even if the plan is to have an epidural, like you're not going to, and nor should you be getting an epidural like in early labor because... Mm. Um, so the point is, is that you're going to have to feel, like a mom's going to have to feel contractions Mm-hmm. Even if her plan is to have an epidural originally, like, um, eventually. So you as a partner need to know what you can do to, 
um, support her mm. emotionally and physically. Um, so things that I do with moms is like really tell them, um, like encourage them, like really, like it's almost like, um, just like a constant, um, uh, what's the word? Like mantra, mm. like of encouragement, like you can do this. You're doing a great job. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Mm. Um, um, but then there's also things like, uh, this is weird, but, um, you want a mom's mouth to be relaxed when she's in labor. Hmm. Cause there's like a connection. Huh. So like, if you see like, like your, um, the woman in labor is like grimacing or, um, uh, you want her to have like relaxed lips. Like, mm. um, so like watching for that kind of thing, um, helping her have low noises when she's in a contraction versus high. Like if they have high pitched noises, it usually indicates like pan, like panic, like they're getting scared. Huh. And you want them to just just remind them like keep your sounds low. So you want like low moans, that kind of thing. Um, just weird, but it works. <laughs> oh man! Um, like sometimes, huh. um, so being in labor is exhausting. That's like not a surprise, but um, <laughs> like actually physically holding up your like the woman in labor. Mm. So then they don't have to, like, they can just, um, this is really mid-wifey, mid um, mm. like, ride the wave of the contraction. Oh, um, that is poetry. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, holding them up so they don't have to, um, they can just put their, like, focus on just, like, mm. breathing through that contraction. Standing up is really good, so, like, having them standing up to... And holding on to you is good. I feel very prepared now. <laughs> you should still take a class. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, shoot. Uh, Putting counter pressure on their back is really good too. Like like massage town like. Not even not massage really like just pressure like on their like the back mm. of the top of their pelvis especially if they're having like feeling a lot of their contractions in their back like just pressing on their pelvis against that can help mm. a lot for <laughs> wow i just don't how, how do you how are you feeling about <laughs> all this information matt so pepper is like wrapped into my like side I'm just really holding on to pepper tightly just like it's okay it's okay yeah everything will be fine yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah so I mean anything to add uh, <laughs> just like, a lot. it's really intense yeah, birth yeah. is intense yeah um, it is really beautiful when um like I've seen some really beautiful things from dads and at births, mm. which is nice. Mm. Um, one time I was at this was not as a, a midwifery student; it was as a I was a nurse labor assistant at um, a birth center for a little while, and I was at a birth there once, and um, the dad was like 
videotaping the birth on his phone and stuff. So he just seemed like a little bit sort of like removed from the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, just like distracted by his phone, basically. Um, mm-hmm. He was watching the video of his baby being born versus watching the birth that he was being, that was happening. Um, so, but we, so the mom had given birth in a tub and she gave, so we handed the baby over to the dad while we were getting her out. And we looked over and he was just sitting on the edge of the bed, just sobbing silently. Oh. <laughs> it was like, oh. And I was like, we should get him some tissues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I saw another dad once in labor, um, and he was amazing. Like, they had a doula, but I was like, they did not need a doula because he was a so, doula. So can you, um, sorry, yeah. for, the, for just birth, birth literacy here, <laughs> uh, what is a doula? A doula is um, a, like, birth coach. Mm. Um, well, there's, so there, there's labor doulas and, like, postpartum doulas. Um, postpartum doulas just come, like, come to the house after the birth to help um, the mom with, like, breastfeeding and um, just, like, right after the birth. But um, labor doulas usually come to their clients' houses and are with them from earlier in labor, um, like before they would even go to the hospital mm. or like have their midwife come if they're having a home birth. Um, and they provide a lot of that labor support and help in- include the partner in supporting the mom, like might suggest different positions or, you know, show dad where to do the counter pressure um, and things like that. Um, so they just help, they help a mom like manage her labor mm. And that's really what they're there for. They're not concerned about the baby so much. Their focus is really on being there for Mm -hmm. the mom and um, Hmm. whoever else is supporting her. Mm. Um, But they're not... uh, They usually take, like, a weekend class. Mm. So, um, anyway. um, Oh, so, yeah. So, at this birth I was at, they had a doula, but... I told when I saw the mom at a postpartum visit, I was like, you, you didn't even need a doula. Like Nick was an amazing doula. Mm, <laughs> like he could be mm. a doula. And he just kept calling his wife, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you you can do a buddy. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mantras that help get you through, you know? Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's what Sam will say. <laughs> He loves the word buddy. <laughs> he calls everybody buddy. buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> so I guess coming to the end of this conversation, anything else that you want to uh, leave our listeners with as far as the miracles of birth are concerned? I don't have much to add to this conversation, <laughs> as as you may or may not be able to tell. Uh, <laughs> well, do you have a favorite thing that you learned about um, labor and birth from me mm, while I was mm. in midwifery school? Or a story um, or something? I think one time you were describing after a baby is born and uh, like that first breath is really important and... Prior to the first breath, their lungs, a baby's lungs are like pancakes. They're just like little flat. I think this is how you described it to me because you know that I love pancakes. I was trying to speak your language. Yes, you're trying to speak my language. You have to do like these little like 
pancakes and like that first breath is really important once that breath happens that (gasps) like they expand and like all of a sudden their lungs like fully Mm -hmm. inflated Mm -hmm. Uh, so that like thinking about that first breath and how like I don't know it's kind of the the jump start to life like that's that sticks that stuck with me Mm -hmm. and that that stands out as miraculous in my mind all the the birth also or that first breath also um triggers all these changes in the heart and like in circulation as well Mm. which is cool um because you know like probably a lot of us have heard about um uh like so when you're when a baby's born they have um like holes in their heart that are supposed to close up and that first breath causes them to to close up or triggers the reaction we're born with holy hearts yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's super interesting. Um, like the, the, probably the most well-known one is, um, the ductus arteriosus. So, um, also a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, when babies have, babies can have, they're called like patent ductus arteriosus. So that's when it doesn't close the way it's supposed to. Mm. But you have that and you have um, the foramen ovale, which is a hole between the chambers in the heart mm. and stuff. Because um, it's switching before that you're, a baby is getting all of its oxygen from um, the placenta from their mom. Which is like, from my understanding, the scuba tank <laughs> inside... A woman's body. That a sure. Okay. That's, <laughs> we can that's call it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, obviously you know a lot about babies and kids, and if if people have questions about uh, babies or kids in their life, can they can they reach out to you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> any preferred method? Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Okay. And my Instagram is just my name, so mm, mm. <laughs> Sarah Quinn Schlagner. Mm, okay. Um, and with that, uh, <laughs> are you feeling overwhelmed? <laughs> I I feel I'm equally inspired, and I feel I just don't like I don't feel like I'm an expert of of anything. Like I don't have I don't know anything. Well, you like you know like so much about birth and I think about what like what do I know like this much detail about and the closest thing I can think of is like the Taco Bell menu or like something really inconsequential like (laughs) so (laughs) I'm just I'm just inspired I'm inspired (laughs) you know a lot about backpacking that's true birth backpacking (laughs) same 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 but different you know Um, I think a lot of prep nine months of prep yeah. Uh, so usually, usually we do a, a freestyle rap at the end of our Studio 603 episodes. Is that something that you're feeling moved uh, to do right now? I don't think I want my first freestyle rap to be on a podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> that feels like too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe we should... Ooh, I got it. Maybe, okay, instead of a... Free, in lieu of a freestyle rap, how about... You um, give us one of your uh, birthing mantras, but we'll just apply it to our everyday life. Um, well, one thing I'll I'll tell you um, some of the things that I tried to remember um, 
as a to like get me through midwifery school. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I when I went to take my boards exam, I wrote some of them. You get a piece of scra- scratch paper to write on, and I wrote some of those on my paper just to like have a positive thing to mm. like look at, mm-hmm. which was helpful. Mm-hmm. Helped me stay calm. Um, uh, so it's a saying that from what I've read was attributed to Joan of Arc. And, um, she said, um, I'm not afraid I was born for this. So I really kept that. Or maybe, no, she said, I am, I am not afraid I was made for this. Or something mm. like that. Mm. So I have a necklace with it on it too. Mm. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> The, the, the oh, miracles sure. of birth. One yes, one more. Oh, here we go. <laughs> bonus, bonus footage. Here we go. Um, I heard a midwife say to um, this to a mom who was like transitioning, which is sort of, um, it's at the end of when um, your cervix is opening. It's right before you start pushing, generally speaking. Um, and transition can be a really, really hard point in labor. It's usually when... Um, when moms start saying things like, I can't do this, I can't do this, it's when they're transitioning. Um, the contractions come like really close together and they're really strong and it just feels really overwhelming and scary sometimes. Um, but the midwife said, um, um, this is the point where it feels too big, but it's not. This is the point where it feels like you can't, but you can. Mm. And I really try to remember that mm. all through midwifery school. Um, and it is sort of like, you know, right when you feel like you can't do it is usually right before you do. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So. Mm. That's, that's such a good place to end. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This was, <laughs> I'm just, I've, I'm, I'm lost in the lights of the Christmas tree right now. Because I have <laughs> more information than I ever wanted to know in a good way uh so tune in next week tune in next week to studio 603 and happy holidays